the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Rightfully Ours. In God's holy word, that word that God wrote to tell us what's true, it tells us about the things that rightfully belong to me and you. Within God's word is our invitation to receive and achieve the manifestation of the many magnificent things that God has prepared for me and you. The word prepared for us means made ready for us. Although they've been made ready for us, Too many saints aren't made ready to receive the things that God prepared for us. One reason why is because they don't know or understand that according to God's word, those things are rightfully ours. That's why I'm excited to share with you what God's word has to say about the things that God has prepared for us so that it'll help us to be able to learn that it's true, that the things that God says he's prepared for us are things that rightfully belong to me and you. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Rightfully Ours. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith, same results. Praise God. If you got your Bible, which I invite you to turn to John chapter 10. And come on, let's dive back into this word that God has been giving me to give to you so that he can be able to give to us everything that he says is rightfully due. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back. It's called Rightfully Ours rightfully ours. Well, there are things that God wants us to know that are rightfully ours so that we can actually believe that they are rightfully ours and then be able to receive them because they're rightfully ours. Things that God wants to do for me and you, that he wants to do through me and you, things that he wants to do in the middle of our lives that he has already purposed and planned for our lives, but we can't put them in our lives and appropriate them into our lives until we truly believe that these things are rightfully ours so that we can receive the things that are rightfully ours. So today we're going to do a brief review, read the foundational text, which of course is in John chapter 10. If you don't have, if you've got a Bible, I invite you to turn to John chapter 10, praise God. If you don't have one, there's one in the seat pocket in front of you or you're on the front row, you don't, you don't belong on the front row without a Bible. No, for real, I'm just teasing. If you're, if you're on the front row, praise God, hallelujah, then it's under the seat pocket below you, praise God, hallelujah, but amen. But this is the midday, midweek service. Y'all come strapped. Cock lock and ready to rock. Praise God. Is that y'all? Yeah. I'm in the right house then. Praise God. Of course, we're going to read the foundational text, do a brief review, then we're going to move forward into today's stuff, which I'm telling you is going to bless you if you got an ear to hear what the Lord's going to say to you. John chapter 10, we'll begin reading in verse 9. It reads, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Which notice there's something that comes after salvation. And that's the ability to be able to go in and out and find pastors. 
which means that because you were saved, it opened up another door for you. There was a door open for you called salvation. Once you step through that door, there's another door that's open to you. And that is the one that allows you to go in and out and find pastures, whereas you can be able to go to the green pastures, the plush pastures, where all the provision is, whereas you can be able to step into a land that is only occupied by his, where you can be blessed like God wants you to do. Is anybody ever here blessed as a result of receiving Jesus Christ? Well, then you know what I'm saying is true. You've been able to go in and out and find pastures. But there are more doors that are available to you. There's bigger pastors and more greater pastors that God still has waiting on you. He said in verse 11, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He gave his life for you so that you can be able to have this life that he intends for you to do. Which life is that? The one he talks about in verse 10. He says, now the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Everybody say boo hiss. Yeah, yeah, we don't pay no attention to that chump. Praise God. He said, but I am come. That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants you to have life and he wants you to have it more abundantly. Which means God wants you to have more, more old folk, you say, more life than you can shake a stick at. Praise God. God wants you to have more life than you can shake a stick at. Praise God. Your arm will be tired. You put the stick down. But there's more life around for you to be able to enjoy that God has in store for you. God wants you to have life and you want to have it more abundantly. Of course, the life we know is a Greek word, zoe, which is a God kind of life. is referring to the God kind of life. And he said, I want you to even have that more abundantly, which means you might have an element of God's life already operating in your life. You might have a degree of God's life operating in your life already, but there's more life that God has in store for you. And he wants you to understand what you need to understand so that you can receive these great and precious promises that he's already extended to you. The ones that he's already said yea and amen to. The one that he already gave his life for you to be able to have and enjoy. The ones that he said that he has prepared for you before the foundation of the earth. The ones that he says that he has prepared for you that are exceedingly abundantly above anything you could even ask or think. Praise God. This is the good stuff that God wants you to enjoy as well as to drink. We've been learning about one of these exceeding great promises that God has made available to me and you. And that is the promise of answered prayer. How the promise of answered prayer is rightfully ours. The promise of answered prayer is rightfully ours. Everybody don't have that. We have that. Everybody can receive that. We can receive that. Why? Because it's rightfully ours, which means that when we pray a prayer, we're supposed to expect that to manifest up in there. When we pray like God wants us to do, then God says he will do for me and you what it is that we ask him to do because we have a right to answer prayer. Yes, we do. We found out over the last time we got together in Matthew chapter seven that one of the many things that Jesus talked about on the Sermon of the Mount was that we can have answer prayers. He told us every one of us would do it. Every one of us would receive it. That's what he said. At least, well, let's go back to Matthew chapter seven. Praise God. You're looking like either you wasn't here or you ain't or something or you ain't here right now. One or the other. Praise God. Huh? I'll let you figure out which one. I ain't got time. I only, I only got so much time. Praise God. So we go straight back to Matthew chapter seven. I'll pick you up, praise God. Don't worry. If you fell off the boat, don't worry. We're going to swing it back around and we're going to come and get you. And then we then we go where we got to go. Because I need you to, nobody left behind. Because we got to go to where God got us to go. Matthew chapter 7. I got a full tank. I can come back around. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Let us read this is what Jesus said. Of course, he said this on the Sermon of the Mount. Where the theme of the Sermon of the Mount is, you've heard it said, but I said. You've heard it said, but I say, which means I'm interpreting what you've heard as being correct or incorrect, whether it's, whether it's complete or incomplete, whether it's just twisted or whether or not it's straight. I'm going to tell you because I can tell you because I know I'm the word personified. Verse 7 said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it 
shall be open to you. There was a bunch of shalls up in there. Praise God. Emphasizing what it is that he said he will do. Telling you that there's no ifs, no ands, no buts about what he'll do for you. He said, if you ask, it shall be given unto you. We found out in the Wayman translation, verse 8 says, for it is, if a, it is always he who asks that receives. He who seeks that finds. And he that knocks that has the door opened unto him. So the ones that seek, they get. The ones that ask, God said, I'll come through for him. So that means that all he wants waiting on us to do is come through for us. A lot of us is waiting on God. God said, we got something in common. I'm waiting on you because I'm waiting on you to do what I told you to do. And that's to ask me so that I can come through. I know I have, I know what you have need of before you ask, but that still don't mean that you don't ask. You still ask. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Hallelujah. And we found out since answer prayer is rightfully ours, then asking is expected to be done by us in order to be able to receive what God has in store for us. Yeah, it does. He told us over in the book of uh, James chapter four, don't turn there, but he told us in the Bible in basic English, you have not your desire because you do not make requests for it. You don't ask for it. We found out in the Amplifier, you don't have because you don't ask. You do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. That's about as clear as you can get it, which means that a lot of the stuff that we're going through is only because we haven't went to prayer like God told us to do. So a lot of the things that we're dealing with is things that we ain't even got to be dealing with because it would have been answered already. Some of us are dealing, we're still living out yesterday's problems because we didn't do yesterday's prayer. Praise God. But that's all right. God made today and brought you up in here. So that you can be able to learn what it is you're supposed to do so you can do it now so that he can be able to come through for you right now. Because this is a year of recovery and restoration. God wants to be able to cause recovery and restoration to happen in people's lives. But it's attached to, it's tied to prayer. We found out last time when we left off, we were looking at how the disciples were marveling over the fact that Jesus got his prayer answer. Blew their left mind, smoke came out of their right mind, and they're, they're out of their right ear. When they found out that, 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 that he got his answer up in there. Blew him, blew him away. But that was because they were not like Jesus. Not like Jesus in that, you know, not the person he was, but that they didn't believe like Jesus did. Because Jesus believed that he was going to get what he asked for. In fact, he told them, he said he, he answered them. And we found out that that word answer means concluded within himself. He had already concluded he was going to get what he asked for. That's why he wasn't studying it when he walked away from it and wasn't even looking at it no more. They had to bring him back to remembrance of what he said. Because they was tripping out over the fact that he got what he said. But he told them the problem is, is because you don't really believe. Turn to Mark chapter 11, please. Because you don't really believe. See, our faith is imperative in us receiving the answer prayers that's rightfully ours. Mark chapter 11. Our faith is imperative in us receiving the answer prayers that are rightfully ours. You got to believe this, baby. I said, you got to believe this, baby. Look at your neighbor say, I, you ain't paying no attention to him. You better listen to me, though. Say, I'm closer than he is. You better listen to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. He can't reach you. I elbow you. Praise God. Mark chapter 11. We got to believe stuff in order to get the stuff that God has in store for me and you. We got to believe what he says is true. To even believe that he'll answer a prayer that comes from me and you. Let's look at an account of it. I'm going to give you a fuller account than I did over in Matthew. I just gave you a piece of it in Matthew last time because we was at the end. But now I'm at the beginning. I can give you a further piece of it. We'll turn to Mark, Mark chapter 11. We're going to begin reading at verse 12. This is when this whole thing went down. Verse 12 says, on the morning, on the moral, on the moral, when he were, when they came, let me back up. 
Are we rolling? Let me try it again. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he, speaking of Jesus, was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. Mm-hmm. He found another perpetrating church, but we ain't going to get into that right now. Leaves, but no fruit. But we ain't got time to get into that. Verse 14. And Jesus answered and said under it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now, now, you know, remember it's hot out there. They're out there walking around in the sun, in the desert areas and stuff like that. And the Bible said the disciples heard it. I can imagine they was like, did you see G? <laughs> He's talking to a tree. <laughs> did it say something back to him? <laughs> Shut up. He is talking to a tree, man. Yeah, he should have wore a hat. It is kind of hot out here. But they went on about their business. Drop down to verse 20, please. Verse 20 says, and in the morning, somebody say very next day. Somebody say less than 24 hours. It says, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Who was that? The disciples that heard it. So they saw the tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree, which thou curses, it is withered away. He tripping out over the fact that it is withered away. Master, dang, look at it, look at it, look at it. It's withered away. Notice he had to bring it to Jesus' remembrance. Not that he forgot it, because that's not what he's talking about. Just like when it says, this is the same word for that he forgets your sin. He didn't, he didn't forget it. He ain't had no senile moments. He's like, yeah, that's right. I did say that, didn't I? No, no, no. This wasn't nothing like that. He knows it. He just doesn't pay attention to it. Because he... Does that make sense? Just like he knows you sinned. You just don't pay attention to it because it's already covered by the blood. Anyway, we pick up. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curses is withered away. And Jesus answered him and said, Uh-huh, look, show enough it show is. Look at that. Wow. It don't say that in your Bible. Jesus answered them and said, by the way, they didn't ask him a question. Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Jesus has this interesting way of asking questions that we don't ask, but that are there. Because what the real question was, how'd that happen? How'd that happen? How'd you pray and that happen? Well, what's up with that? Because a lot of us really don't believe we're going to get our answers when we pray. They didn't believe that. That's why they was freaking out over the fact it happened. That's like some of us are so stunned when our prayers finally get answered. We don't think like it's supposed to be that way. But it blow us away on that day when it comes to pass. And the real problem is that he's going to answer right here is that they didn't have faith in God. He said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you. Now, when he starts the statement off with for verily I'm saying unto you, that's, that ain't no joke. That word verily right there means firm, or he's saying it in a firm way. Figuratively, it means trustworthy. Trustworthy. Jesus said, what I'm about to say to you 
It's trustworthy. Amen. What I'm about to say to you, before I even say this to you, because what if I say it to you, you ain't even going to believe a word I'm saying. But I'm, before I even start off giving you this, this clarity of what would happen if you had faith in God, I, can, I need you to understand that what I'm saying to you is trustworthy. There's no reason to disbelieve it, no matter how freaked out it sounds. There's no reason to think anything other than what I'm about to say is true, even though you might, not have, you might have trouble believing what I'm going to say to you. Believe it. Because verily I say unto you. It also translates of a truth. Of a truth, of a truth. Eastside Detroit virgins say, I ain't fluffing, I ain't lying, I ain't playing in what I'm saying. I'm for real. I'm on the for tip when I'm going to share this with you. I'm on the up and up. I'm on the for real. When I tell you this, what you're going to tell us? We in verse 23, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Whosoever, look at your neighbor and say, you are whosoever. So it's concluding you. So tell him, it's including you. Look at somebody on the other side. I say, I saw him play you and didn't say it. You are whosoever. That means you qualify. That means each and every one of us qualifies of this. Now once again, he had to put verily in front of this. Because a lot of people don't believe they qualify for what it is that he's about to say. A lot of people don't believe that this fits them. Oh, gee, oh, oh, oh come on, G. Just like even when I told you to tell it to the person, somebody was like, because you, 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 really you don't really believe this. Yeah, you, know, you know how it is. That's that pastor. You just, if you say, you just say stuff. He got this way to make the Bible come alive. He's like, verily, verily. <laughs> this ain't funny. That's one of the reasons why the devils are still laughing at us. Not receiving the stuff that's rightfully ours. It's because they got us to be able to laugh at what God says. As though what he said ain't true. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you. If you say to this mountain. Be thou cast and be thou, let's read it. Hallelujah. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, now it gets personal. Before it was whosoever, which is like anybody in general. Now he talks about you from the private to the general. He said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. He says, Therefore, ye believe, ye shall have them, which means we're supposed to believe. Now, that word believe right there is a powerful word. Once again, we blow right past it because we faith folk. You know, we think we got it all together on that. But come on, slow down. The word believe right here means to have faith. But it's to have faith in, have faith upon, or have faith respect with respect to a person or a thing. We have faith in, upon, or with respect to a person or a thing. Whereas, of course, the person that we have faith in and have respect for is God. But we also got to have faith for the thing that he tells us we can do. We got to have faith in the thing 
that he tells us to do. Because there are things that he can tell us, that he tells us to do. That we believe, like for instance, we believe God is good. Anybody here believe God is good? We believe God is true. Anybody here believe God is true? But if he told you, look at that mountain, talk to the mountain, tell it to move. With an expectation it's going to move. A lot of us drop off in our faith right there. If the truth is anywhere near told. It shuts off. Why? Because we don't have faith in that. See, we have faith in some stuff that God say. But as quiet as get, we don't have faith in everything he got to say. Specifically this one. That you can have whatsoever ye pray. Now we'll go through the motions. But inside there is no faith ocean. There might be a little puddle of faith. There might be a little drop of faith or two. But there's no real faith on the inside of me and you that's going to happen for me and you. That's why he told them about what they could do to that mountain. And then he told them, if you do it, it'll happen to you. Because ye, 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 and ye shall have. He went to all those ye's right after that. Now, that word faith, believe, also means, I, I said, to have faith in, upon, or with respect to a person or a thing. That is to credit. To credit. Which means we're to have faith in the fact that when we pray, we shall receive an answer prayer. But we're also to credit that when we pray, we'll receive the answer to our prayer. We need to credit it. We need to give credit to it. For example, anybody in here ever took a check and deposited it in your checking account or banking account? Anybody like that? Okay, right now. Question. Were the funds immediately available all the time? No, but you did it. Why? Because it was not yet credited to your account. Because when you deposit a check in your checking account or banking account, they receive it from you. They record that you gave it to them, but they don't credit it to your account right away. In fact, they usually don't credit it until they see that it has been cashed. And then once they see that it's been cashed, they take the hold off and they go ahead and allow you to now have access to it. Once again, you deposit it in a checking account, they receive it, they give, they record it and, uh, that you gave it to them, but they don't credit to your account until the check is clear. Well, many believers hear themselves pray. They receive that they've prayed, but they don't credit to themselves that because they prayed, they're going to have what they prayed. Whereas we put a prayer up that is sitting in limbo just like that check you deposited. And we're waiting to see something else before we actually believe it. Just like they sit in the wait to see your check clear before they can give you the credit for it. Some of us are sitting waiting on our answers to come before we give it credit. Which means we don't believe it until after we get it. That's why many of us never get it. Because until you believe it, you ain't going to receive it. Does that make sense to anybody over here? Because we don't give it credit. We put it out there to see what's going to happen. We just, we, just, we just deposit the check and see if it's going to clear. We don't know whether the people got the money in the bank or not. We don't know whether they got it. We're going to put it in there and see what happens. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then come back. We check the account, check the account, and we see that it's working now. We're like, oh, it's in our account. Go to God. Not going to use it. We get all excited. And a lot of people do that with their prayers. They just put it out there, see what's going to happen. But they really don't believe that they're going to get what they do, what they pray, because they never credited their prayer. As though it's real. See, in order to truly believe that answer prayer is rightfully ours, it's important for us to know and believe that God hears our prayer. And because he hears our prayers, 
then he will answer our prayers. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. Hope even more that you're seeing that it's true. There really are promises in God's word that rightfully belong to me and you. They really are ours. God just wants us to believe it to be true and properly respond to his words so that we can have and enjoy all that he said that we can have and enjoy. So let's learn what God's word says and believe it's true so that all the promises that God said in his word can actually happen in the lives of me and you. Let's believe that all of God's promises are rightfully ours. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to send it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. And to all the men of God in San Antonio and surrounding areas, if your desire is to draw closer to God, I got just a thing for you. We invite all the brothers in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Breakfast of Champions Men's Breakfast this Saturday morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast at the Sisters from Word of Faith. Prepare for the brothers of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my brothers that they don't want to turn down. Then after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too with a powerful word from God just for the brothers. That's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late. That's if you want a plate. Child care is provided at no charge. Need a ride? VIP transportation service is available for this too. Bring a couple of brothers with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did and they will too. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word to have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 